Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 167 of Just the Zoo of Us. This week, I'm talking to invertebrate photographer, zookeeper, and science communicator about the best huggers of the arachnid world, huntsman spiders. We are going to discuss why your yard glitters at night, fake webs for real spiders, cartwheels, backflips, spider unions, spider spaghetti, and why the most dangerous things about these little guys is how much we fear them. Just the Zoo of Us presents Huntsman Spiders with Caitlin Henderson. This is Ellen Weatherford with your favorite animal review podcast, Just the Zoo of Us. And this week, I'm so hyped to bring a guest that I've been following on social media for like a couple years at this point, and I'm so just thrilled to get to talk to you. This is Caitlin Henderson. Say hi, Caitlin. Hello. Caitlin, a lot of people may know you from your photography work that you always have probably the funniest captions I've ever seen in my life (laughs) uh, that you post on social media under the name She's Got Legs. Yeah, so (laughs) I run um, sort of a comedy science communication uh, project across social media. Thank you for saying it is actually funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not just to you, to me. Yeah, apparently to at least two people. Um, I crack myself up on the regular, but no, it's good to to hear it's coming across. Um, Yeah, so I I do that. And I've um, also worked with with invertebrate zookeeping um, and other small animals in the past. And I make a lot of videos as well. And also my... uh, Spider identification apps by Dentify, which is a an Australian app for kind of working out which beastie you're looking at. That's awesome. Is it Australian and spider specific? Yes, yes. So um, very specific to Australian spiders because that was kind of enough to deal with. We've got like an <laughs> estimated like ten thousand species here. Um, we're nowhere near that level in terms of what we've actually described so far. There's a lot of species that are still being discovered or we know about them, but they just haven't been given names yet. Um, but it's an overwhelming task to create like a field guide or something for that. So we're like, how about we just like keep it limited for now? Is that amount of spider diversity unique to Australia? Or is there something special about Australia that just makes it like spider paradise? <laughs> there are other areas in the world with a like huge biodiversity across a lot of groups um something about australia is just like it's a massive place with a lot of different habitats represented and a really old place so we've got a lot going on here in terms of things that are homegrown or things that have come across from the tropics and the north so it's a real mishmash of creatures we have here and it's exciting to have yeah such a diversity of them did you hear about this thing a couple years ago where there was this episode of Peppa Pig that was like, do you know what I'm talking about? You probably already know what yes, I'm talking I about. Do. <laughs> I think the situation was that there was this episode of Peppa Pig, which is a British kids show. And it had an episode about, I guess, a spider where the moral of the story was like, spiders won't hurt you. It's okay. You know, like you can just move the spider. You don't have to kill it, which is noble messaging. But from what I heard, what I heard was that the episode was not allowed to air in Australia because the situation is quite different there. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it is and it isn't like we... It's true, like, pretty sure uh, that episode was banned here. And the issue is we do have some dangerous spiders, and they're very famous. We've got funnel webs. The most famous of those is the Sydney funnel web, which unfortunately is not only an extremely dangerous spider to people, it also happens to, like, we've just planted a massive city right where it lives like it literally only lives just around sydney and we're just like here let's put a city here in their nest yeah. <laughs> so like that's a, yeah a very very famous case of a super dangerous spider which you know interacts with people on a regular basis oh no that's a bad combination <laughs> that is a bad combo like we've got 
other fun worms which no one ever sees because they're like out in the bush and they're just like hiding and it's just not a spider that you generally come across it's just unlucky um that the one the yeah. one you want to build on top of is the one that will ruin your day yeah i mean it was bound to happen you put enough cities around that's true <laughs> and we've also got the redback spider which is a kind of widow black widow spider it has a pretty bad reputation and it's a very painful bite and it does make people feel sick it's not quite as dangerous as we originally thought, but it's still quite a severe bite. It's not something you want to sit on the toilet and get bitten on your butt by. But <laughs> Is that a true thing? <laughs> it totally happens. Like, Don't more tell so me when... that. No, that's like my <laughs> no. greatest fear. <laughs> like it, it used to happen a lot more when people had toilets outside. Okay. So like this is a spider that loves to live in like undisturbed places where there's lots of like junk lying around and definitely when people had toilets that were commonly outside it could happen and I've still heard from people situations where they have sat on something and that's occurred so it definitely hasn't stopped no. um, but it's usually not from sitting on them it's it's some other situation um, where you might accidentally go to squash them or they've hidden in a, a shoe or a glove so we've got that too but we've also got a lot of panic here so we're famous as the country where everything wants to kill you Right. And when it comes to spiders, apart from, you know, a couple of serious bites, the majority of like those 10,000 species, I mean, they're not going to do anything to you. Right. So we, we live in this sort of um, overhyped situation. And it's been a, a long time since we've had a spider death in Australia because we've got anti-venom for the funnel web bite now and we know what we're doing. So, yeah, as long as you treat that one with uh, respect, you're not going to run into too much trouble. Yeah, we run into something similar here where, you know, we really only have in the United States, we really only have two major, like medically significant venomous spiders. We've got the Black Widow, like we have one in our garage right now. <laughs> I know about her. And we the thing is, like, just like you said, she just she has a little nest in the baseboards and minds her business, you know, and we don't bother her and she doesn't bother us. But uh, we also have, like, I'm talking continent-wide, we have the brown recluse, which yeah. is one that everybody thinks that every spider is a brown recluse. We actually got that introduced to Australia, so thanks. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I should I should mention that, like, it, but we, we, we don't really come across it too often and right. I, I don't think we've, anyone's had any problems with it, but as soon as people know they're around, panic. Well, truthfully, neither do we you know they don't like to be where people are also they live in a very a much smaller region of the country than people think they do uh so like when people here where i live are like i got bit by a brown recluse i'm like mm, did you it's <laughs> it's like but it, it's kind of like what you said like that overhype yeah of like you might get like a, a pretty severe bite every once in a while but the vast majority of spiders aren't really gonna do anything to you they're they're nothing to you <laughs> they get a, a big time boogie monster status and, oh for um, sure there's a lot of things I I would rather be bitten by a spider than many insects, for instance. I've been bitten by hamsters more times in my life than I have by <laughs> spiders, which is to, to say I've been bitten by many hamsters and zero spiders. Yeah, they can be vicious. <laughs> more so than the spider. So I think we should redirect some of that energy. I think we yeah, need some yeah. of that villainization to maybe, maybe we can um, siphon that off to the hamsters. Yeah, take the load for a while, hamsters. <laughs> It's been overdue. Well, so since like spiders have such a, a place of villainy, you know, like people don't like to give any roses to spiders, I think. What got you into your work with them, like keeping invertebrates and, and taking pictures of them and spreading love for them? Like how, what got you into that? I was sort of indoctrinated from birth, if I'm to be honest. <laughs> I come from a family of bug lovers or in general, you know, wildlife and nature lovers my dad and my uncle were particularly mad about spiders and other Aww, bugs i love that and i yeah like i grew up in an environment which was these are normal and these are cool and look at all like you know getting taken out as this little toddler to go looking for spiders in the bush oh yeah so my uncle went on to do other things but my my dad still works with invertebrates and photography and I kind of was mentored by him with my photography I was like I, I, I want to do this now show, show me how the camera works and that was a couple of years ago and I, I just got like mad for it after I started to see how looking through this this magnifying lens essentially really reveal things 
about these tiny animals that you'd never guess and never see just just looking at them. And the more I found, the more I wanted to tell other people and kind of reduce that fear, especially around spiders. So yeah, that's how that happened. Understanding the animals a lot better gives you just like a much better sense of like, do I really need to be afraid of this? Yeah, I've seen I've seen that more than anything with spiders, that the fear, a lot of the fear comes from a place of expecting things to happen that are just not likely, like being jumped on or I feel like being bitten barely even comes into it. A lot of it's just a fear of like the running and jumping, yes. the movements and the unpredictable movements. That's a hundred percent it for me. <laughs> That's why I like like millipedes and stuff, right? <laughs> Where like they're slow, yeah. you know, they're not going to do anything. They're just, gonna, you can see what they're about. <laughs> they're going that direction very, very slowly. <laughs> right. Very predictable. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, yeah, with some spiders just learning what they're likely to do in any given situation and and sort of how they're going to move if this happens or if this happens is so important in overcoming that fear. Yeah. And hopefully we can get some of that education done here today. We can uh, arm people with knowledge about some of the spiders that uh, you may encounter. I don't know how likely you are to encounter the spider on a daily basis, um, because truth be told, I don't know very much at all about the spider we're going to be talking about today. The Huntsman, which I have to say I know very little about. I'm kind of a blank slate on this one. So, Caitlin, I'd love it if you could introduce us to the Huntsman. Oh, yes, please. Okay. So, (laughs) Huntsman is not just one spider. It's an entire family of spiders. And I did a quick check just before coming on here to talk because I'm not going to remember these numbers off the top of my head. But um, worldwide at the moment, we have 1,340 different known or you know named species of huntsmen. But there are way, way, way more than that. Like definitely. Um, even in Australia, I know that we're, we could even double the number. So it's definitely not just one dude. It is so many different <laughs> kinds of dudes. <laughs> hunts men, plural. Yeah, hunts people. Um, <laughs> so they are a particularly well-known spider in Australia, but definitely in other regions of the world. Um, they live pretty much anywhere where it's warm or tropical or not going to get too cold. They can be quite large, but they're also, uh, you know, smaller species. And they're usually very flat. Oh. And that's because the majority of them would be hiding sort of in crevices or under bark. There are exceptions to everything that I'm going to say, because these are really, <laughs> really adaptable guys that live in all kinds of different situations and do all kinds of amazing things. Are these like the ones that you'll see that will be like completely pressed against the surface where they like they look like they have no dimension to them whatsoever? There are many kinds of flat spiders, um, and I wouldn't say that huntsmen are the flattest. Like, they wouldn't win a flatness competition. <laughs> They're not the limbo champions. <laughs> <laughs> some, of them, some of them could be. But certainly, yeah, like, they, they can flatten out like that. But I guess, like, um, what they're famous for, especially here, is squeezing underneath things and then, like, popping out unexpectedly. Mmm, delightful! (laughs) We get them making houses hiding behind, like, picture frames and clocks. And in cars, hiding underneath, like, the sun visor or squeezing into, like, the vents and things. Like, anywhere flat and and crevice-like, that's where they're going to go hide during the day because these are a nocturnal spider. Mm. So they can really surprise people because you can think, I don't have one around and then all of a sudden it's nighttime and one just like pops out and it's like sitting in the middle of the wall and it's as big as your hand and that does tend to startle a lot of people (laughs) which is exactly when you do not want to find a giant spider like (laughs) that is middle of the night you're already kind of on edge you're already on alert that's spooky time you don't want there to suddenly be a spider that you didn't think was going to be there yeah, yeah, I can, I can sympathize with people on that level. Like, surprise spider <laughs> is probably, like, if there's a worse kind of spider, it's going to be surprise spider. What sets the huntsman apart from other spiders? Like, what is it about it that is... My child. Hi! Hi! Um, <laughs> like, what what is it that makes the huntsman unique or sets it apart from other spiders? We kind of like define Huntsman by a couple of things. Um, one is that they have ladder grade legs, which means they go out to the side and they can walk sort of sideways with them like a crab. Oh. So in some places of the world, they're also called like giant crab spiders. 
That's funny because there's also giant spider crabs. <laughs> yes. So we've now inversed it. Yeah. Oh, I'd say the world of common names is a very strange and confusing world. <laughs> and I kind of see what you mean, like how the, the legs are very horizontal. Yeah. And they have sort of, they generally have like longer front ones and they look like they're kind of coming to give you a hug, I reckon. Um. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> Four tiny yes. little hugs. Oh, such good hugs. They have eight eyes as well, but those are arranged in like two rows of four. And those have a reflective membrane in them. So basically night vision. So you can go outside at night and you can hold a torch at eye level if you've got huntsmen around and you'll see their eyes reflecting back at you. So that can be a really cool way to find huntsmen. Uh, it's also you know, a feature that's not unique to them, but mm -hmm. is is particular to some groups, and that's one of them. Yeah, we have those um, our wolf spiders here do the yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah, you can do that too. Like people do not like it, but, <laughs> but you can go take a flashlight out in the middle of the night if you live like anywhere near like a especially open fields or something like that. You go out at night and you just shine a light out there and see all the little tiny little eyes looking back at you. I went camping uh, one time and people inevitably saw me like with my camera looking, you know, like under bark and uh, tiny things on the ground. And they're like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And I think this was, it was at night because I had my torch and I was using the, the reflection to locate these spiders. And I was like, oh, have a look at this. And I showed them. And I think I absolutely ruined their camping trip. Like they were oh. horrified. And I, I just had like that complete lack of awareness <laughs> of it. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to show them this really cool thing. They're going to be so excited. And they were like, oh my God, no, no. And they like walked away. <laughs> I mean, I would have maybe... <sighs> Because I get it, you know, not everyone is going to get excited about the spiders. And then you have that realization way too late where you're like, oh, no, you are not vibing with me at all on this. But also, like, that's a good way to show people like, look, you've been this close to them. You've been sleeping amongst them this whole time. You had no idea and they were not bothering you. Right. Like you've already been in their house and they weren't bothering you. So you know they're not going to bother you, right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And yet... <laughs> it's not going to sink in. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not going to help. <laughs> well, you know, we out here in Florida, sometimes you can shine the lights out there. Yeah, you'll see all the... It looks like glitter. It does. Like it, all the spiders in the grass. It looks like the grass will be kind of glittering a little bit. And so sometimes you'll see videos on like TikTok or something of people shining lights out at their lawn and being like, why is my lawn covered in glitter? <laughs> and then someone's like, oh, it's just a, a million spiders. And they're like, I wish it was glitter. But out here, sometimes you do that and you'll see little like gator eyes looking back at you too so that can be really fun <laughs> excellent <laughs> well since you mentioned that they're you know they're nocturnal they are flat for sneaking into crevices and stuff like that i think this is a good time to start getting into some ratings for the huntsman spider let's let's give them a report card <laughs> so if this is your first time ever listening to this podcast what we do is we rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness ingenuity and aesthetics and the first one is effectiveness and this is just like things that are built into their body that let them do a good job of the things that they're trying to do so maybe it's track and catch their prey maybe it's not become prey themselves you know anything that they've got kind of like built in that is letting them succeed i suppose caitlin what do you give huntsman spiders out of 10 for effectiveness oh, oh i kind of want to give him 11 but let's just stick at 10 <laughs> <laughs> but okay okay here's the thing yes i mentioned that there are many different kinds of dudes not just the one yeah. and i've given you this idea of this like very blank kind of huntsman the default the stock model <laughs> Yeah, the this, this stock model huntsman. But the, the thing is, as soon as you start actually going into the specifics of each different species and where they live and how they live, you just see so much cool stuff happening. And like one of the things I didn't mention, this is true of all spiders. They produce silk. So this isn't like, yeah, it's not something that's unique to huntsmen and they don't make a web or anything to catch food in. They don't like actually let's sidetrack for a second yeah just sure. before i came on here i was just looking up i looked up this australian movie from 1995 called napoleon where this like dog goes on adventure Aww. and i just remembered <laughs> vaguely watching that with my housemates or something in my 20s because i never saw it as a kid and this web this like orb web that kind that you walk into at night oh, in yeah. the garden 
Yeah, for sure. that kind. <laughs> There's like that and this huntsman that's sitting in the middle of it talking to this dog. And I remember at that time going, what? What is happening? <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so they've just built this like fake orb web and stuck a huntsman in it. And it's walking around going, what do I do? My feet don't work on this. What is happening? Oh, no. We're absolutely, <laughs> we're absolutely not adapted for that. That's not what they do. Wait, did they use a real spider to film the they movie? They did. And they built a fake web for a oh, real fake spider? Web. <laughs> And they got it so amazingly wrong. So you would wrong. think that that would have tipped them off. Be like the fact that we have to build this fake web should suggest to us that the spider's not going to build its own web. So maybe we shouldn't have the spider on a web. You know, like that should have been a hint. I don't know what was <laughs> happening. Like it's a talking dog movie. Anything goes. Like it's all crazy. We're already suspending disbelief. <laughs> yeah, let's just go the whole way. Um. <laughs> but so these don't build webs. No, no, not not like that but they're still using silk to make drag lines which is like a a safety line um they can drop down from like above on this line of silk like oh. like they're abseiling um they use it to cover their eggs and protect their eggs they build this egg sack which they can guard or some of them will carry the egg sack around uh in their in their jaws and they use it to eat as well. So they, they catch the food and they wrap it up in silk while to stop it sort of getting away and falling apart and becoming mush. So they, they also like do this like cute little circle dance, Aww. which I've heard <laughs> called the happy dance from tarantula, like pet owners. Yeah. Um, but these huntsmen will do pretty much the same thing. They look adorable. Aww. So they've got silk. and like that. First of all, it's just like this amazing tool that they can use. But there's all kinds of different places they're sort of adapted to living. So some of them are living like under the bark of trees or under rocks and things. But I found in Australia a burrowing species, which so digs a hole in the ground and lines the whole thing with silk and then makes a silk flap to go over the top and hide the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. And they live in the desert. So it's really, really hot. And they need to hide out of that sun during the day and keep themselves relatively cool. So, yeah, they go underground. And this is common not just to the desert regions of Australia, but uh, around the world as well, where there are spiders that not only huntsman spiders that not only burrow, but there is one that cartwheels what? to get around on the sand dune. That is so whimsical. <laughs> there's the wheel spider. And there's also the, the flick flack spider, which does like backflips and like front flips to get up and down the sand dunes that's so extra i'm yeah, sorry they're like, doing the most like you you could just walk <laughs> <laughs> no it must it must be gymnastic <laughs> like i must perform <laughs> yeah Give the people what they want. <laughs> There's one here as well that like lives on the ground instead of like up trees like a lot of them do. And when you scare it, instead of just running away, it it does like a whole bunch of jumps in a row. Like it looks like a frog jumping away. It looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I love like panic performance. <laughs> oh yeah. You really you really get to know a spider when you see how it panics. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about how like they were using their silk for like a bunch of different purposes, right? You got like grappling hook, egg holder, uh, a little spider crib, house lining. It, it sounds like they're just like a little three D printer. They're just yeah. like three D printing or whatever they need with their silk. And spiders like have all different kinds of silk as well for like different purposes. So they are kind of just like custom made 3D printing uh, what they need at any given time. And they know exactly what they need to be able to make it. And that is amazing. They're so ahead of the times. Yeah. I mean, like we can't keep up with them. We can't produce this <laughs> stuff ourselves, like in anywhere near the way that they do it. So like they've got it all figured out by now. Have we considered 3D printing out of our butts? We've considered it. <laughs> invest resources what can we what can be done to make this happen we've considered that it's an excellent idea and science should really get on this spider-man uh, was a step in the right direction but yeah yeah he wasn't incorporating the butt enough coming out of the hands not quite right yeah yeah must be yeah more. he's not quite all the way there <laughs> That was cowardice on the character design side of things that they didn't they made his they're like oh yeah we want him to shoot webs like a spider but we don't want it to come out of his butt so instead <laughs> let's do the hands I think next reboot like next movie series we need like a, an accurate Spider-Man 
a, a lot more like entomologically consistent Spider-Man. Yeah, like, we need those webs coming out the butt. Yeah, yeah. Enemies appear, turns around and moons them. It's a tactical mooning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all part of the very same, like very intense fight sequence. Like there's a lot of like combat choreography and then all of a sudden, oh, that's Spider-Man's butt. Might get a different rating, but you know, oh yeah, that's yeah, true. We have to be accurate. <laughs> it's all for science, so I think it counts. I I was gonna say there was like another thing about effectiveness that like I really really want to say, which is the reason I wanted to give them an eleven is because they have adapted so well to living around people, and that's why they're so well known in Australia, um, especially. But you know, I'm sure that similar things happen around the world. Like I mentioned, they they move into houses. And they move into cars and they've really just sort of thrived in a human environment, which I think is... Good for them! Yeah. I mean, not all of them are going to. Certainly the borrowing species are going to struggle with your, like, floorboards. But, like, they they have absolutely taken up the the whole wall decoration situation and gone, (laughs) ah, thank you for building me such a beautiful house. The problem is with this that this is the only thing that makes a huntsman spider dangerous is that it does take up residence in cars. And there's a lot of situations, like it is certainly a, like a serious issue where someone will pull down their sun visor while they're driving, or the vibration of the engine as you start driving will cause the spider to come out of hiding and start just like walking around the car, usually in a pretty chill way. Sure. It's not like rearing to bite you or anything. Right. But there's been many situations of car accidents caused by this. One of the bizarre ones was where the huntsman just like appeared and the guy took, like veered into a lake and his car sank. He got out. He was oh. fine. But literally his car sank in a lake because there was a huntsman in the car. That is like, a, <laughs> an incredible amount of damage caused by a very small spider. <laughs> yeah. And like I also read about a multi-car pileup that happened. Oh, um, no. Where like I think 11 people were taken to hospital because someone had a huntsman <gasps> in their car. So yeah, like they're not... Like, their bite isn't dangerous. They have venom, but it's not, like, a dangerous venom. Yeah, I was going to ask if they were venomous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, almost all spiders are. There's there's an exception to everything, of course. But um, <laughs> if you see a spider, you can almost guarantee that it's venomous, but not that it's going to harm you um, because their venom is adaptive for working on invertebrates for the most part, so little bugs and things. But with huntsmen, yeah, like... The danger comes from how scared people are of them, not their actual oh, no. their bite or anything. Yeah. We're hurting ourselves in our confusion, much like a Pokemon. This, <laughs> this is why I think it's actually really important to address arachnophobia if you do have it. It is a an anxiety disorder and it can be seriously dangerous for people. So if you can, it's a really good idea to start working towards making spiders a little bit less frightening because no one wants to be in a situation where you swerve your car because one pops up. I have for sure been in this exact situation where I was driving in the car and then a spider came out of my sun visor. Like this has happened or like up from under my dashboard or something like that Mm -hmm. because they're probably crawling all over my car all the time and I just don't see them. But when they crawl across the dashboard, that's when I see it, right? Yeah. And there's usually that moment where your brain is briefly in purgatory where you're trying to think of like, are you inside the car or are you outside of the car? (laughs) Which side of the glass are you on? Um, And then if it does happen to be on the inside, which that has happened to me multiple times for sure. So, you know, when I've, I've been in that situation before where I was driving, there was a spider in the car with me directly in front of my face that I could see. And I was very scared of it. I was on the highway too. Like it was at night. I was out in kind of like a rural area. So there wasn't a ton around. So what I ended up doing was I was able to just get to a gas station and then <laughs> I went into the gas station and asked somebody there. I was like, can you help me get the spider out of my car? And they were like, yes. And they came out with like a broom and a dustpan and helped like bath the spider out of my car. Uh, And then I was thinking about it later and I was like, that's probably just the one that I saw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean that, yeah, like cars are a particular favorite if you, especially if you haven't driven them. In a while, if you if you leave them sitting, um, I know especially mine gets um, yeah, covered in all all kinds of species. But yeah, um, you just, you you don't want to be in that situation where you're 
you're terrified of something that's crawling across your windscreen but I'm glad someone <laughs> helped you that's that's an excellent outcome yes that was a great moment that was like Happy years ending. ago I think if that happened to me now I might be a little more chill about it but in that moment I was like I need to get to the nearest human being that can help me get the spider out of my car but we got the spider out of the car I don't know how gentle the other person was <laughs> with the spider I don't know if the spider survived the encounter but we did it with a broom so like I don't know we're going to say that it lived happily ever after and they went on to have hundreds of spider children. And Everything was great. Charlotte's Web yeah, style. It got its PhD. That's now Dr. Spider, actually. Yes, that's right. <laughs> hey there, we are going to take a quick break to hear from a couple of the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network. When we get back, we are going to rate Ingenuity and Aesthetics for Huntsman Spiders, so stay with us. I'm Lisa Hannawaltz. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know, but hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff. Caterpillars becoming butterflies. Martha Stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees. Yes, you heard me right. Trees. Neighbors becoming enemies. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever messed up stuff we can find on Wikipedia. Our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to TV shows to bodily functions. And horses. Lots and lots of horses. Come for our horned up rants about the world. Stay for the catchy theme songs. You might not learn anything, but we're a good hang. Baby Geniuses. Every other week on MaximumFun.org. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you know, since we're talking a lot about like addressing how we feel about spiders and understanding them better so that we can come to terms with them, something that helps me understand is the next sort of category that we're going to talk about for this animal which is understanding the animal's behavior because I, f- I think if you if you get what the animal's trying to do and what they're all about and what their like driving behaviors are that helps me not feel so scared that they're gonna like come for me in my sleep um, <laughs> so the next category that we rate animals on is ingenuity which is their behavioral adaptations that let them solve problems that they face or you know get out of predicaments or maybe hunting strategies strategies or things like that that they use what would you give uh huntsman spiders out of 10 for ingenuity this one's a hard one um like there's definitely smarter spiders like smarter ones than the huntsman (laughs) than the huntsman yeah i mean they they pale in comparison to some of their their other spider brethren but they're still getting along just fine they're still like they're thriving there are so many species that points to you know they're doing pretty well like i'm gonna give them I'm going to give them a seven. That's decent. Because they're not extinct. Um, they're, still, <laughs> <laughs> they're still kicking. They're still managing to solve those problems. But so like the thing about them is like I wouldn't call them particularly genius in that you can predict what they're going to do with some accuracy. Um, they're not suddenly working out how to like use tools to like unlock your bedroom door and get in. <laughs> no lock picking. No, no. Um, but if there was going to be an animal that was going to figure out lock picking, it would be spiders, though, right? Because the little legs can reach inside the keyhole. I'd say jumping spiders. Like, if any spider is going to figure out that stuff, it's going to be the jumping spider family. They have brains that are happening. They have yeah. stuff going on in there. Oh yeah, we did an episode on jumping spiders with uh, Dr. Sebastian Echeverry a while back. Yes. <laughs> um, and we really gushed over how incredibly intelligent these little guys are. But uh, for for D&D purposes, though, sure, a spider can pick a lock. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That's right. So for like the huntsmen, like I don't want to downplay their ability to to solve the challenges that they face. Like they are covered in like sensory equipment. So they've got 
there are eight eyes and they do have, like I, like I mentioned, the night vision and also appears they can use this for navigation. But they've also got like, they're hairy, right? Everyone hates that they're hairy, but it's not like, <laughs> it's not like they're just like not shaving or something. It's, that's how they sense their world. These hairs are picking out like vibrations. They're picking up like, oh, is there a wind current coming through here? Um, oh. they're, they're also picking out like smells or tastes, you know, whatever you want to call that, like chemical senses. Um, so they're quite incredible in the sense that they really do have a good idea of what's happening all around them all the time, which I feel like would be really stressful. But I mean, it works for them. <laughs> An input overload. Yeah, like, yeah. There's too much information. <laughs> so, I mean... What I find really clever about them is if I've got them, you know, I often have to catch them for various reasons and I've got them in a container and I pop open just the like little crack in it and they instantly know where the crack is. They can tell mm. where the air is coming from and they'll just go straight for it and they'll stick their legs out and they'll be trying to like walk sideways out of that crack. I'm using oh, wow. my hands a lot right now and no one can see. <laughs> <laughs> got spider fingers going on. Um, so like, yeah, they really know what's going on and there are some with also like an amazing ability to work together oh really which is probably not what you want to hear when it comes to spiders <laughs> that they have organized and they have a social structure spider union yeah yeah they do unionized spiders so there's a particularly incredible group of spiders a group of huntsman spiders in australia called the social huntsman and Ooh. one species in particular has an amazing ability to form big family groups. And I think the biggest groups that have been recorded are something like 300 spiders. And they're run by this like matriarch, the big mama spider. Girl boss. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, yes, yes. More, more women running their little worlds. But she's like their mom. She's the mom of all these spiders. And she doesn't like tolerate other big boss ladies being around so she's pretty aggressive towards other female spiders of her size gaslight gatekeep girl boss <laughs> yeah yeah so she keeps her family under control so she just has like generations of her children coming through and they're all living together under the bark of particular trees and they squeeze under there and they're all like during the day they're all sitting under there with like their legs overlapping and their bodies are really flat and it's just like this mess of like bodies and legs it's it's insane sounds like spring break <laughs> <laughs> every day is spring break for the, for the social huntsman so they're like if you if you were to like crack open the bark of one of these trees i think you'd be horrified probably if you went into spiders like that kind of spider spaghetti happening underneath spider uh, spaghetti is a great way of describing <laughs> it because i did google social huntsman spiders and i found a photo just right right there on google images with like no sort of warning whatsoever about what you're about to see these are i found a nest this is from a website bush heritage australia and it says this is a, a nest of social huntsman spiders in a pygmy possum box and it is about 2 billion spiders <laughs> all in this little wooden box and just like you said, all piled on top of each other. It's just angles everywhere. This is just like points and angles. And this is like a geometry nightmare. But wow, they seem like they're vibing. They seem like they're having a grand old time. That is just their chilling out pose though. So like what happens when it gets dark is that they all come out from that arrangement. They'll mm. venture out of the box or under the bark where they live and they'll go hunting. And they do this sort of together. I mean, they don't like gang up and take down like one giant like buffalo or something, but <laughs> they share food. So like the the younger spiders who can catch like only very small food and are like, you know, generally weaker, they actually benefit from having their big brothers and sisters around because those guys will catch the food and these little guys will just come and feed off it and they'll share and they won't fight. And it's kind oh, of awesome. That is really interesting. I've never heard of a spider doing that before. Also... Uh, some sad news about the pygmy possum situation. So uh -oh. they're hiding in a pygmy possum box, but there was a very, it was a famous picture here that went a bit viral for a bit of a, this social huntsman eating a pygmy possum. Like a single social huntsman had taken down a possum and was eating it. Now, that seems ambitious. <laughs> this is 
this seems like an ambitious prey item for this spider. What what's what happened? How did this come to pass? Well, I mean, it's it's probably it's very much on the extreme end of what mm-hmm. these guys can eat, but they are a pretty large huntsman. We've got way bigger, but they are decent. And the pygmy possum is particularly small possum, but they can take on quite large prey. Like they can eat lizards and frogs you know like on rare occasions um so they absolutely can take these things down and you know you're not going to see them chowing down on a possum on the regular but it's it's certainly within the realms of possibility that they've just you know sort of sensed this possum coming past and bit it in the right spot and for whatever reason the possum wasn't able to get away oh man i mean good on them i i'm sorry rest in peace pygmy (laughs) possum i'm so sorry that happened to you (laughs) It is a bit tragic when you do see like a spider or other invertebrate feeding on a mammal. It's it kind of hits home, but it you know, does. this is what happens in nature. It's true. I did want to ask something that I hear a lot about, particularly Australian animals that resonates with me as a person in Florida that's affected by this. Are huntsman spiders, like how are they doing uh, invasive species wise? I know that y'all are affected by a lot of invasive species, as are we here in Florida. Uh, Are the invasive species like a threat to the huntsman? Is the huntsman being like impacted by them? Okay, so that's a tough one because... There is just generally so little information on how any invertebrate is doing population-wise and what's affecting it. Um, We tend to focus mostly on things that are like important to our survival. So we're talking like bees, for instance, get a lot of attention because, you know, if we don't have bees, we die. (laughs) And like it's that is kind of true across all bugs in a way. But we don't focus individually on particular species like that. We don't go, oh, is this particular huntsman okay? Is it is it <laughs> is it all right? <laughs> you know, um, I don't think that any they're under any particular threat from invasive species, but they ha- themselves have become invasive in some places. So oh, no. the social huntsman <laughs> that I was just talking about, we accidentally uh, like exported it to New Zealand. Oh and no! Yeah, so they got their very own huntsman trees full of hundreds of huntsmen, which they were probably not expecting. And not happy about, I'm sure. <laughs> and then those huntsmen went on to star in the movie Arachnophobia. <gasps> so that old oh. movie, yeah. Um, those were those guys, the social huntsmen. Um, <laughs> yeah, that had that had invaded New Zealand. Um, they had ambitions. <laughs> and clearly they went out and, and seized their opportunity they they seized the day they did <laughs> carpe diem <laughs> you know okay so as unsettling as it may be to look upon a nest of social huntsmen depending on i suppose you know i feel like a still photo isn't that bad i would be more unsettled if i saw like a video of them moving I think I can handle it better if it's a still frame. This is why I went out and for your viewing pleasure made a video of me collecting social huntsmen from a tree. Perfect. Great. The process <laughs> The process of collecting them, I admit, can be quite alarming if again you're not into spiders because I mean and I don't I only do this sort of for um university research when they contact me. They need huntsmen's research because it's quite destructive to that colony in the tree but you know i um when I, I go out and i peel the bark off and all the spiders just kind of rain down Perfect. and it's it is a sight <laughs> it is it's like you had no idea how many were in there until that moment and they all just burst out um a spider fall <laughs> yes <laughs> it's exactly what happens well, as, I mean, I think that brings us to the final category to rate the huntsman spider on, which is aesthetics. How nice do you, I'm saying you personally, so you don't need to take other people's opinions into consideration for this one. This is purely from the hip. Uh, what do you give huntsman spiders out of 10 for aesthetics? Ah, oh, that is so hard. Like, even if it's just my opinion. But if it, if there's going to be anyone... Like anyone in the world who had the most valid opinion on Huntsman spider aesthetics, I think it's going to be you. <laughs> I think what we're going to have to do is like average it a little because there's some like absolutely stunning Huntsman spiders. Uh, there's one in the area that I live right now called the Tiger Huntsman. So it's a tropical Australian Huntsman. And it's this amazing 
orange color with like stripes and it's just like the most stunning spider okay and then that is a pretty spider yeah and there's like there's there's many other species around the world with like bright colors and like like they're fuzzy they're adorable i'm a big fan but then Mm. i mean i know a lot of people are just not a big fan of the social huntsman for instance they're just like this brown drab color and um, they give people the the heebie-jeebies big time. I still I still think that they're pretty, but you know they're like they're not they're not as up there as other spiders. So look, I'm gonna give like average it out of it and give the whole group like an eight. That's very good though. <laughs> they are competing with like some of the really gorgeous like jumping spiders, for instance. We have to acknowledge that mm-hmm. they didn't go out of their way to be like flashy and aesthetic. But you know, I still think they're absolutely adorable, and I'm maybe like very skewed on what i think is adorable <laughs> the the giant buck teeth i think are doing some work here <laughs> i think the giant buck teeth are are maybe factoring in a little bit because they got the tiny little eyes and then giant like cartoonishly big what are they are they mandibles that's what those are the big uh, buck teeth. they're called calissary and that's where the fang comes off so you're not seeing the fang at the moment because it's like pointing sort of back towards and under. But when the spider is about to eat something or it's in a threat display where it's just like, back away, buddy. I don't want to have to get into fisticuffs with you, but I will. <laughs> um, so it will it will bring these fangs out and yeah, lift lift them up using those muscles in there. I think it's a, it gives them a very cartoonish look if you do get close enough to the face to really see what's going on. And I, I don't know if I'm so happy about the sort of like resting position where they have their all their legs just kind of akimbo you know what i mean they're just kind of like everywhere (laughs) just picture it sort of like you've had a long day you come home and you just like flatten yourself on your bed with your limbs out and that's huntsman pose it looks like if you have a hard floor, like a tile floor or a wood floor, and you have a dog or a cat who, <laughs> during the summertime, likes to, like, sploot on the floor, right? Where, like, the legs <laughs> go to the side and they just, like, are pressing as much body surface as they can against the cool floor. That's what it looks like to me a little bit. I'm I'm going to take that word, sploot. I've never had this before. But <laughs> you haven't? This is this is now the uh, the huntsman pose term for me. <laughs> if you, okay, so if you Google sploot, most of what comes up is corgis doing it because um, they have those tiny little legs, you know. So the legs just when yeah. they lay down, the legs just kind of like blit. But also squirrels do it. I remember Stephanie Martinez talking about it on our ground squirrels episode. So yeah, and that's the actual like when you type in sploot. Uh, it'll show like splooting squirrel and that's like the actual word that people use for it. I can't believe I've gone this long in my life not having heard that. Well, see, you taught me some stuff. I teach you some stuff. This is a two-way, this is a transactional educational experience. That's why I came on today. I wanted to (laughs) learn some terminology. (laughs) Some some very precise and scientific uh, vocabulary. Well, Caitlin, before we wrap up today, I would love for people to know like where they can follow along with your work, where they can follow you on social media and keep up with your delightful invertebrate friends. Um, I have to say, like, seriously, you got to, because even if you don't live in Australia and you're not familiar with these animals, like your captions are always so funny and educational. So please let people know where they can keep up with you. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm kind of everywhere. Um, a bit, bit of like a social media disease. I'm really pleased. <laughs> um, so if you pretty pretty much if you look up She's Got Legs photography on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube as well. I'm and, and also on TikTok though I'm not as active on there, but I do have quite a few videos up as well. So those are the the main places that you can find me and all of that work is supported by a patreon that i have as well so those guys help me get my videos made and help me uh spend time writing up my dubiously funny captions for all of my (laughs) photos and enable me to get out into the bush and take those photos because that's quite time consuming doesn't always look like it but you know there's a lot of work sometimes involved in uh taking photos that close up of something that's like running around in circles or whatever so (laughs) I'm certain it's glamorous work. Uh, I came back in yesterday 
covered in mud all up the side of my body. It's very glamorous. Oh, yeah. That's luxury, baby. Just one side. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. one side. <laughs> <laughs> had to be as uneven as possible. That's why you get all of your pictures in profile from the other side. Yeah, yeah. Just like turn very <laughs> deliberately the other way. <laughs> This site is clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, you know, I'll, of course, make sure to have links to all of your pages and profiles and your Patreon and everything will be in the links in the episode description. So folks listening will only need to sort of scroll down and keep up with She's Got Legs with uh, with Caitlin's work. I highly recommend it once again. It's a, it's a great time. So I really appreciate you for joining me today and teaching me a whole bunch about some really cool spiders. And I, I learned a lot. And I feel like I can appreciate the the humble huntsman a lot more. So thank you so much for your, your time and your knowledge, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me on because it is never not the time to talk about how cool spiders are. And I love it. <laughs> My goodness. Well, you look at the time and you look at the clock and it's just like spiders on every hand. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's Australia in a nutshell. <laughs> spider o'clock baby that's your time zone is spider time zone yeah that's right (laughs) well thanks caitlin we'll talk to you later okay see ya thank you so much for listening friends i hope that these eight long legs have crawled their way into a nice dark crevice in your heart i hope that we've earned a five-star review from you on your podcast app of choice leave us some nice words and i will read them here on the show if you want to hang out with us online we're on facebook twitter instagram and discord links to everything will be in the episode description you can send me an email at ellen at just the zoo of us.com if you have a cool animal you'd like to hear about on the show We'd like to thank Maximum Fun for having us on their network alongside their other wonderful shows like the ones that you heard promos for here today. You can check those out and learn more about the network and how you can support our show over at MaximumFun.org. Finally, we'd like to thank Louis Zong for our delightful theme music. That is all for today. We will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.